The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Welcome everyone to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dune One, Richard. And I'm Dune Two, Roy Rogers, actually. Roy, Roy, Roy Rogers? For reals? How did we get, how did, how did you get on the show? You know, there was like a contract loophole, you know, there was a bit of a mix-up. They thought, somebody thought I was John Wayne, so I just figured I'm just going to roll with it, you know, now I'm here. No, I'm actually, I'm not Roy Rogers, identity theft is not, um, <laughs> is not good. I am dude to Joe Identity Richard, theft is not a joke, Jim. And this is, and listen, this is definitely not the third time I've made this joke in the last five minutes. Um, Richard is oh, not no. a, a pile of sand on a beachfront property with signs on him that tell kids to stay off, but I'm sure if Richard could do that, he would. Sorry, you were you skipped so hard there. <laughs> I just repeated the same joke. It's it's the it's the same joke from before, uh, and I think it's repeated really. I think it skipped really hard every single time. Oh my god, <laughs> this is amazing! This is uh, wow. This is this is gonna be this is one of those bad Wi-Fi situations. Um, We're gonna do the uh, this. Is what happens? This is. <laughs> We deal with it. Is like there'll be there'll be increments where we're, where it's perfectly in sync, and then out of nowhere, it'll just be like at, 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 at and that's why the cat's in the boot, man. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Um, but yes, oh. uh, dude, one Richard, dude, two Joe. Welcome to two dudes, one double feature. Um, this is the uh, Christmas episode. Welcome. It's the Christmas episode. Woohoo! Uh, well, it's one of two, I, I guess, because we've had two Christmas episodes. Um, this is sort of like the official one, I guess. But more importantly, um, this is the last official episode of 2021 of our show, because we're not on next week, but we'll be on the following week once 2022 comes in. But for now, you'll just have to wait it out, I guess. I don't know. I don't know, how many people will be sad, I guess, is the question. <laughs> Allison, Wikey, maybe Feehan. Maybe. <laughs> my sister. Well, my sister's on episode 30-something. She's, she's, she's pretty behind, but she's, she's getting up there. She's just, I think she just got past last year's halloween episodes so she's going up wow that's a while ago yeah. <laughs> so she, she's a she's a she's a busy woman she's she's doing all types of things but at least she listens which is no. nice she never watched my youtube videos which i think i said last time when i talked about this and then she messaged me and she's like i've seen them 
we would like verifiable evidence of this jelly. We will just call you out hard every week on this program, starting in 2022. Anyway. Anyway, I love you, Joe. Thank you for listening. I'm sure you're a fine enough person, despite our limited interactions. Um, but yes, this is this is the final episode of 2021. And uh, we'll be going out on a pretty exciting little double feature and then when we come back we got a very fun uh sort of last minute episode to talk about but before we do anything that we're doing in this episode how you doing roy rogers gary cooper do to joe how are you <laughs> well you know i'm okay uh this is we're recording this uh actually the last like the like the big thanksgiving weekend this is the end of the thanksgiving weekend sunday Sunday, uh, November 28th, 2021. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! Yeah, I never get that feeling on Sundays. I'm more like, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! <laughs> it's, it's... I'm more... Well, Sunday's like the first day off I get of my day off, so I'm typically like, Sunday, Sunday. See, yes. it's Sunday. Sunday is that day. It's the, my last day before I head into work, but it's also the day where people suddenly decide this is not you. This is other people in my life. Hey, let's do a lot of chores around the house because <laughs> I just feel like it. Like, you got time, right? Yeah. You got let's, time? Let's do yeah. this work as I'm trying to prepare for my work. But no. Anyway, <laughs> what have I done lately? Um,. I picked up a couple discs, as I usually do. I haven't done a Dude 2 pickups in a while. There just really hasn't been time. I hope to do one uh, in, De- in uh, December, so hopefully we'll get that to you guys at some point. Because I've picked up a lot of discs over the last mm. while. You posted a picture of three of them on Twitter recently. Yeah. Yes, I did. And uh, one of the big ones that I got, uh, because it was the Criterion uh, Barnes Noble 50% off sale, I was able to pick up. Uh, the Safdie Brothers Uncut Gems on 4K and mm-hmm. Blu-ray. It was one of one of Criterion's first 4K releases that they've done. First A24. First A24, and um, you know it's it's kind of crazy that Adam Sandler is in two movies in the Criterion collection, but they're both great. Punch Drunk Love is a great movie as well. Uh, but this was my first time watching Uncut Gems because I didn't see it in theaters, and I never watched it on, when it was on Netflix because I know people you know, watched it, discovered it there. And, uh, it's pretty great. Um, yeah, you know, it's definitely, it is stressful, but I was more annoyed with Howie in the movie. Like, cause I'm like, you deserve this. Like this is not, it's, it's, it's stressful in the sense that, um, he keeps doing it to himself. You're just like, you idiot. Like, (laughs) like, like Howard, stop, stop. You got, listen, you got the money. You, you 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 got why are you gambling why and but yeah it just because it just keeps it just keeps going and then like the build-up of the stress <laughs> and the build-up of the anxiety because like it's one thing that he just has all these people coming up to him and all these different people saying you owe me money you owe me money but it's 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 ultimately just the fact that he keeps putting himself in these positions yeah and that's, I think that's where a lot, at least when I was watching it, where a lot of the stress comes from. Um, and then, like, uh, I think, a, like, a sort of a great, I think there's a lot of movies that have, like, one scene that, like, really perfectly defines the whole movie. 
the scene when um kevin garnett is leaning on the glass i think is the perfect example of this yeah just he's looking into the opal he's mesmerized by it and this is after howard has constantly told him you know like casually nicely because he's you know he's a basketball player kevin garnett um and he's like you know, don't lean on the glass, please. Or could you try not to lean on the glass, please? And then, of course, um, as he's, like, mesmerized by the opal, he just breaks the glass. Mm. <laughs> and you're like, this just feels like the movie wrapped in one scene. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I think the most, like, stressed I was was, like, at the scene where we was gonna get about to get into a fight with The weekend. Uh, like you know, the, the week, like you know, ladies and gentlemen, the weekend, weekend. Um, I was like, man, that of, don't you dare touch him. Of Daniel Craig fame, Daniel of, Craig meme fame. Yes, <laughs> yes. And then this, that's uh, the uncomfortable situation that his like new girlfriend is also like, um, working on the side. And she's with the weekend, and so he's that's and Howard learns that while he's also being told. By a guy that he needs his uh, Michael Jackson cross pendant thing back, because because that's like all he does in the movie. We'll have to do a whole episode maybe on that one, but it's I it was a movie that I really liked when it came out, but I've been avoiding to watch because it really does. It just kind of like uh, like even watching it recently, I was like, this is too much. <laughs> but it was funny because because I watched Hawkeye this weekend and t- weekend two, which I like so far. I'm obviously at this point only two episodes in, but I, I was like, miss, I was like, man, New York is fun. Even though obviously there's intense scenes in that movie. I'm like, I miss, miss, uh, I miss walking around New York. And then Uncut Gems is like, this reminds me of the stress that you can have <laughs> in New York City as well. Brings it to the other side. It's like you're just walking around the city <laughs> and just trying to get places. And it's always such a long walk and you're walking so fast and you're just. And depending on the weather, too, like, it could be super cold or super hot. It's the worst. Ugh. But I love New York City. Yes. Yes. Um, how are you doing, by the way? Well, well, it's, 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 I think it's pretty apt that you ask that, because um, I, not that long ago, oh, it'll be a week, it, it, it might have been a week today, actually, because I think I got, yeah, it'll be a week today, I got my booster shot. Yay! Yes. Though there was like a weird, like sort of bittersweet feeling after the fact, so I was like, like I'm happy that I got it, but at the same time, like there's so many other people that should be should have been able to get this, but are refusing to get it. So it's like on one hand, I'm like, I wish someone else was able to get this, but on another hand, I'm like, well, if they don't want it and they're gonna be they're gonna be uh, selfish, then I'll just take it and protect myself. Right. So this is a very flip floppy emotion thing. Um, but yeah, I got it. It was very uneventful actually mm-hmm. compared to the last. Cause like when I got the initial shot, I went to a children's hospital and there was a bunch of people, um, spaced out and like waiting in line to get their, uh, to get their vaccination cards and then going into a room and then, uh, someone gave you the shot. And then you went into this hallway afterwards and you sat down for like 15 minutes to see if there's any side effects. So it was a bunch of people in this hallway all spaced out and, so it felt like something big and important was happening. Whereas this time I just went to a CVS and I was the only one there. Yeah. And it was, it was weird. It was like when I get my flu shot, you know, I go like I, I go to a Walgreens or something and they just take me to like this back room area. They gave me the shot and they're like, all right, you're good to go. 
and I got the little red Walgreens bandage, but, um, now I got it and, uh, it kicked my butt. I'll say that. Like, I feel like the, the effects of this one are lasting a little bit longer, but I think it's also because I got my flu shot, um, sort of around the same time. Like it was, I feel like it was a couple weeks maybe apart, but, um, the side effects are a little bit more intense. Like my, my left arm is still sort of achy. Um, I had some inflammation on my, on my armpit a little bit, which freaked me out, but, um, it's a normal side effect because like your immune system is sort of like, you know, in the lymph nodes and whatnot or whatever, Mm -hmm. what I was reading. Right. Obviously if, if it persists, then it could be something else and you should go to the doctor. Um, but, uh, it is supposed to be a natural side effect of the vaccine because it just means the immune system's kicking in and it's starting to like get everything going. Yeah. So, but other than that, um, it's just been like achy or, or tired or exhausted or whatever, but I'm glad I got it. So I feel I'm, I'm, I'm boosted. I'm ready to go back into the world with my mask on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um, other than that, um, just, I'm just getting more. 4k movies just growing that collection i got i got uh i got uncut gems as well from the criterion tale i also got um the the much coveted uh citizen kane the greatest movie of all time air quotes um and mine (laughs) mine still hasn't shipped and i'm i'm kind of (laughs) mad no here's the funny thing if you don't know us um when it comes to Citizen Kane, um, I like for the long. We'll th- we're, I'll just be. I'll just spoil it. We have a whole episode coming out with Citizen Kane, so stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. But um, we uh, we watched it not that long ago, and I was not very into it because it was the first time I ever watched it. And so for the longest time, I was always just like, "Eh, Citizen Kane. It's you know, it's it's all right. <laughs> it's what it is." And um. They announced that it was coming out on 4K with the Criterion Collection, and so I was like, you know what? Yeah, sure, I'll just buy it. At the same time, um, we had heard that uh, Shout Factory was releasing a 4K copy of Krampus, which is a movie I love, and it was like an extended version of it, and Joey also loves it, and we did a whole episode on it. You should check it out. We did it a year ago. A, a, yeah, literally yeah, uh, a, a, year ago. a year ago. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you should go check that out. Um, and so the, I guess, long story short, the funny thing about this whole thing is that um, Joey actually got his 4K copy of Krampus um, like a week early, and I got my Citizen Kane copy. And so we're both just like, this feels weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and so I was like, Joey, I will gladly trade you. My Citizen Kane 4K for your Krampus. He's like, if I could, I would. Yeah, at this point with Kane, I'm just gonna wait. You know, I'm not as long. My main thing is as long as I get it before the end of the year and all that. That then I'll be happy. But you know, I got has it even shipped yet? No, it hasn't. It still says even after. Mm, They're still processing it. Last time I checked. Hopefully, um, hopefully we come around soon. Again, I know there's probably a lot of like supply issues and and things like that. So I'm not shortages you know, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I because because I'm trying. I'm waiting to get my. T- I'm waiting for you to get your copy so we can break the Blu-ray discs together. So because of that whole like 
problem yeah. that they have going on with that. Because yeah. that's just, listen, when you give me the option to break something or just send something, I'm sorry. I think I'm going to lean towards the breaking. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, also, too, with breaking, you don't have to spend money on postage. This is true. This is very true. You just break it, take a picture of it, and send in the email, and they're like, all right, we'll send you one. Yeah. So, so but yeah. that's pretty much all that's been going on with me, really. Um, yeah. My, my neck is really itchy right now, actually. I think my tag is... I don't even have a tag on the shirt. That's a whole other thing. Um, but yes, the Christmas episode. Uh, we actually... Fun fact about this episode: We plan uh, like every. I feel like like every Christmas episode, we we planned this a year ago. <laughs> literally, literally after the last Christmas episode, we were like, "This is this is the episode we got to do." Yeah, yeah. So this one, I think we knew this one. Like, obviously, by the time we did the last Christmas episode, we did how the how Krampus stole Christmas. We were really in the midst of like planning a whole bunch of episodes, and a lot of them. A lot of the episodes that we had planned had stuck through, uh, that stuck through the whole, you know, whole year of 2021, basically. Some of them haven't, but, um, this one stayed. This was one of the ones that definitely stayed, and it had to stay, because it's it like, just... Yeah, like, this is too good. Yeah. So, too and good. it, and it's too, they're both considered Christmas movies, I'm gonna put air quotes on that, but also, these are two very different kinds of movies, Oh yeah, but they're both movies that you have to watch right now. Like you, yes. like you ask anybody, you ask a lot of people really, and they'll be like, "Well, I I will typically watch one or both of these movies every Christmas." Yeah, and it's you know, and also as far as like double features are concerned, like these are two classics. Really, I think it's fair to call them both classics. And the first one, first one we're talking about is Frank Capra's nineteen forty six. Kind of, sort of, but not really public domain movie. It's a Wonderful Life. You know, how, you know why it took me so long to to watch this movie. Why? I could never get past the title. Like, like, <laughs> like, like all things about Richard, it connects to Batman. It shouldn't surprise any of you. You probably guessed that like five seconds before he said it. Yeah. I mean, listen. There's a whole, it's the third, it's the second episode in the entire, like, Batman animated series thing where Robin shows Batman, it's a wonderful life. I can't help, it's, uh, obviously it's the first place I ever heard about it, so. <laughs> there you no go. No spoiler on it whatsoever. No, no, uh, no, you could easily guess that. Um, so, it's a wonderful life. I mean, it's. It's this movie has had a very strange history because it, you know it's based off of a short story, which in turn is also somewhat inspired by a Christmas Carol, and it mm -hmm. did not it did not do well financially when it came out, but it was also nominated for a bunch of Oscars, lost all those Oscars, and then part I would say a lot of it because of the fact it was in the public domain and people were able to air it on TV for decades. You know, like people mm -hmm. like my, my dad grew up with this movie because it was on TV all the time in the holiday season. Um, you know, this movie gained a huge following and on the I think American Film Institute ranked it as like the 20th greatest American film on their like recent list. On the, well, their most recent is like 2007, but I imagine It's a Wonderful mm -hmm. Life would still rank highly if they did that list again. And this has become a perennial um holiday classic that i really didn't 
get into the tradition of watching year after year until like five years ago um, because of Allison. That's shout interesting. Out Al- shout out to Allison. Um, you know, I'd seen bits and pieces of the movie before and I probably watched it like once or twice, but it was never it was never a tradition for me until Allison mm-hmm. came along. Allison's like, we got to watch this Christmas Eve. We open gifts, you know, that we send to each other and all that. And we would we still do this. We watch It's a Wonderful Life and it's uh, but we've been doing it. Uh, every year ever since, um, which is pretty pretty cool. But, yeah, um, I assume your history is a little different with this movie. Well, I was going to ask, like, well, first I was surprised. Like, it's always a surprise to hear there's an old movie that somehow Joey didn't grow up with. <laughs> and it's weird because like, I had, I had it on had, tape. <laughs> I had it on tape, so it was, like, yeah, was kind of even weirder. Was it, because I was going to say, it had, I feel like that movie had to have been in, like, your dad's VHS collection. That you, you know, like that you watched and stuff. Yeah, it, and it was, but like with the Christmas ones, we would uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street is the one I probably watched the most, as far as like. No, that's love. the one you gravitated towards. Yeah, and also my, my mom. So. It, it's Wonderful Life is not my mom's favorite, and It's a Wonderful Life is kind of heavy. And if yeah. you're like a kid watching it, it's 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 pretty heavy. <laughs> it's a heavy movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess. What was, uh, did Allison explain, like, why, is it just because it was a tradition for her family, so she's yeah. like, have to watch this? or mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because, like, with me, that was never really a movie that was brought up a lot. Like, I heard of it, I knew of it, obviously, I, I got the reference in freaking Batman, so, <laughs> as, as most, uh, as most of my references go, um, but, uh, other than that, like, I never really seen much of it heard much of it i'd seen maybe clips and other movies like you know we did we 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 watched bruce almighty sadly not that long ago thanks caitlin uh caitlin i um, hope you're having a nice holiday season (laughs) let's see she has she'll probably have to work so yeah so she feels the same way i do probably about the holiday season caitlin i hope it is as tolerable as it humanly can be, given your circumstances. <laughs> yeah, that's better. <laughs> but um, with uh, with that, I just I don't know if I ever. I, it just never really came onto my radar. Like it was not like whenever we watched Christmas movies, it was like The Grinch, or it was Rudolph. Or um, the Santa Claus we watched a lot, which I haven't seen the Santa Claus in a very long time. I think it's because like Tim Allen just bothers me now. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like outside of Buzz Lightyear, you can't really handle Tim Allen. Yeah, you, I guess you, you can. Yeah, you can get away with it because you can't see his face. Yeah, but and plus, like, because his whole shtick in like the '90s was like he's like a manly man, and like he's like he's he's like a boomer before like boomers was sort of like i guess you know what i mean yeah like the whole cliche like kids they do weird things yeah he's like it's like the comedian where it's just like huh, millennials am i right yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> like woke generations and cancel culture like, weird isn't it? Not, not to go on a like a track but like i went to saw see johnny mathis in concert once he's a famous singer kids if you don't know who he is look him up and they had a comedian play like in between his like sets or whatever and the comedian mm-hmm. it was all like boomer jokes and all just like taking dump on millennials 
and stuff. And I and I was the youngest person in the audience, definitively. I was, <laughs> it's still, it's still, it's still like two years ago. <laughs> you just heard a lot of geriatric, like, <laughs> and then I'm like, ha! Huh, do you know what control find is? No, I didn't really shout that. But anyway. <laughs> oh man but yeah those would be the movies <laughs> santa claus back, back to Grinch. it's a wonderful life yeah. i'm sorry rudolph you know stuff yeah. like that mm-hmm. yeah, yeah um me too and like i I'd, I'd seen like i said i'd seen clips here and there but the first time fully watching it was for this episode which again should also be no surprise if you've listened to us mm-hmm. um because I, I don't i don't really watch a lot of older movies um joey's my gateway drug to that <laughs> joey's my old movie dealer <laughs> yes yeah we, we each yes. we each serve a need for the other it's a it's a really it's a relationship of sorts joey 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 says look at the past here's all the old good things and i'm like here's a banana <laughs> have a banana <laughs> there you go no you do more than show me you show me some good stuff honestly i uh, i hope i hope you like it i hope you like the stuff that i show you so like, that's it's always, a, it's, that's always it's a wonderful life. So this was your first time really seeing mm-hmm. this movie in full. I've seen this movie in full like five or six times at this point, basically because so, of the because of the Christmases because of because of Allison basically. Yeah. You know, it's a once yeah. a year once a year thing. But um, I sort of want to know what your your sort of opening thoughts are on this um, from your perspective. I, I mean, it's got. I mean, obviously, like we were watching it, there was there was a lot about it that immediately I was like, there's a lot of old things that you see in a lot of older movies, like actors in their thirties playing like 16 kind of thing, which, you know, like regardless of the movie, it's always funny to me. Yeah. Like, I don't care how old you are. Like, it's just, it's funny that at some point in human history in the entertainment business, we thought if we cast a 30 year old to play 16 year old, it it made sense. (laughs) So, and I mean, and I guess to a certain degree, like, there's probably, like, some legal issues there, because, like, the last thing you want to do is, like, tell an R-rated teen movie with a bunch of, like, actual teenagers, because, you know, I don't know. Um, but it's always just funny, and so there's just little things like that, but it is it is a movie that, to a, to a certain degree, like, has sort of, seems like it stood the test of time with, like the way that it, it does certain things and, and the stories that it's telling and the care and the way that they it betrays the characters. Um, I will say, I, I will say the, the, probably the funniest bit in my mind, like not that it's necessarily like an, like a funny movie. Like there's some funniness in the movie. There's some comedy in it, but the funniest scene is like when we meet George Bailey as a kid and he works and he works the at the candy store, and he sees the, the two store. little girls. <laughs> he's at the drugstore or whatever, and he and he sees the two little girls, and it looks like a bar. <laughs> and <they> just, <laughs> and I, I was just like, "Oh my god, that was just funny." I don't know if that was the intention, but it was just really funny. Um, it, but it was a funny scene, yeah. But like, as but like, it was it was such a crazy contrast too, because in that same scene, you find out that the the pharmacist almost poisoned a kid, and you're like, what? And it's it's insane. And then like, as as the movie plays out, and you sort of see like George Bailey, and he has all these ambitions to want to leave his hometown, and he wants to like do great things and go travel the world, and life sort of tells him no. And it's, it's, it's something that, you know, regardless of 
ideologies or or feelings or what's acceptable versus what isn't acceptable stuff that changes through time like the one thing that will remain consistent is that life will always kick you right in the gonads <laughs> or or george <laughs> bailey's just like you know what i'll 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 fine i'll do this one thing but only this one time and he just keeps doing it for all eternity he just he keeps doing it it's basically i to my if i could guess correctly it seems like the whole point of the movie is you know, you do good things and good things will come eventually, I guess. Hmm. Maybe. It's, it, I mean, your good, your good deeds do have an impact on people, you know? Yeah. Even it like, and, and George Bailey, listen, he makes a lot of sacrifices, um, in, in this movie, like time and time again, like, you know, sometimes there are points where he gets angry and it can be like, like scary. Like when he gets angry with his kids at the end of the movie, you're like, Oh God. But it doesn't come from a place that's totally unfound unfounded because time mm. and time again, he has to do this constant uphill battle, particularly with, I think one of the best villains in a movie, um, <laughs> that, that'd be, that'd be, um, Lionel Barrymore as, uh, as Mr. Potter, uh, like not Harry, Henry, Henry Potter. Um, is a terrible human being, you know, and yes. be- because of the last like eight years of our lives, that character has aged so well, honestly, as like a villain. Yeah. Um, yeah, he really has. <laughs> but George Bailey, like this dude, like Potter has like control of everything in the town. And George Bailey has this, this, this building and loan company where it's the one place in town where people can like hope to escape poverty and like make a home for themselves you know, mm-hmm. while Potter is trying to perpetually keep everybody, you know, below the poverty line, so they have to come to him, basically. And mm-hmm. Potter Potter knows this, and he tries to manipulate George. It's like, hey, uh, you know, man, listen, I know you, you've been here. You, why don't you get away from here? I, I got you. I'll help you out with this. And George is almost tempted a handful of times, you know, because he's, he's like, just, nah. Then he, that, that's the thing. Ultimately, yeah. George says no. Ultimately. Um, but ba- the basic gist of this story, and this is a story that's been copied a lot, where it's a, the whole thing is basically a flashback when you really think about it. I was When I remember when we were watching it, I remember telling you what was so interesting is that I feel like at least the last like half hour or whatever, however long that bit lasts, yeah. has been copied in so many sitcoms, I feel like, or so many like daytime shows where like you have that character that just doesn't know why they exist and then some guardian angel shows up and explains to them listen this is the impact you have on the lives of your family kind of thing if you didn't exist you know this or that wouldn't exist so i've seen that story quite a bit and i always associated that with it's a wonderful life because that's where i knew where it was from where the reference was from and so it was interesting like to watch this movie which is how long is this movie again uh, two hours and ten minutes. It's this is two hour and ten minute long movie that's literally all flashback until the, literally the last like again like thirty minutes or so when it gets to that bit that I knew about. So I was really surprised by that. And if it was any, it was if it was anything else, I probably would have been maybe a little disappointed. I'd be like, this is what I expected the movie to be, but I wasn't. No. no. So so no, I was because... I was very much involved in what was going on. So that was nice. Because, like, the whole thing is, a lot of it is in flashback, but they're able to keep the drama 
at a good level with every you know every scene like you care about the characters and mm-hmm. the, si- the situations um i think are well crafted and i think it's 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 got a good um it's got a good script and all that i think uh, i was gonna say but like basically it's told in flash because these these angels and god and all that they're talking about how oh no george bailey's in trouble right this guy is thinking about you know and ending it all basically and mm-hmm. they, have, they have to catch up uh, Clarence, uh, played by uh, Henry Travers. Um, <laughs> you have to catch him up on the life of George Bailey, basically, and just let him know this is what's up with this guy. So when you're going walking in the situation, this is all the life experience of this character, you know. And I'm so glad that they tell this guy's life story. And it's it, and it's it's you know one of those things where it's like, like it's kind of like life itself. You know, sometimes life isn't like a, we love big epics, we love big spectacle. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of things in life that are just just things that happen. They're moments in time. They're a collection of scenes. I mean, obviously, they're, they build up to something in this movie. But I think it portrays, you know, the, the ups and downs of life pretty well. You know, um, the trials and tribulations. Also, the importance of community. That's, like, the other big thing with this movie, too, is that yeah. it's, not, it's not just about George's family. You know, like, and that's a big part of it, obviously, because, you know, uh, we got Donna Reed. Um in the movie as Mary, um, she's mm-hmm. great. But like you have like the the taxi cab driver is a character. The cop is a character. The dude who owns the bar, Martini, is a character. Nick is a character who works the bar. You know, it's um, yeah, it's like all those people have like George has had some type of impact on. You know, they're not just extras. I think that honestly was probably why I was into this movie as much as I was because. You know, this day and age, it just doesn't feel like there is much of a sense of community anymore. Yeah. And, I mean, that's not, like, listen, I'm I'm a kid that stays at home a lot and doesn't communicate with a lot of people. So, I mean, that's not to say I don't have some impact. I'm sure I do. But at the same time, like, right now, like, everything's just so split in half. And so it's it's nice it's nice to watch things like this that sort of remind you that there is there can be a sense of community whether it by mm-hmm. one person or not and um, I mean I think what what's what's relevant too is that this movie does address that sense of community through a crisis because mm-hmm. which I not I didn't even think about that and then when it happened I was like oh yeah it's right because um, the uh, the the stock market crash like the the bank like the depression. Mm-hmm. happens and so um obviously with george bailey and his father's business um you know he's the the bank and loan place or whatever Mm -hmm. and all these people have now lost a lot of money and are losing more than that too and so george bailey has to do what he can as best he can to make sure these people can keep something and so Again, that felt relevant. Again, very different situation that we're going through, that we've been going through, but um, it still felt important and timely and of the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, in, and this is like, I feel like that's the other thing with this movie too. Um, one of the big things is that this movie gets dark. In a lot of mm-hmm. areas, and I think in a way that I mean, it, I mean, it kind of had to too, because the whole gist of the story, like tell you up front, is he wants to kill himself. So why does he want to kill himself? But it, it and it gets in, and I don't think that's something that people Americans today want to address 
sometimes Mm -hmm. either because when they think about Christmas, they think about Rudolph and Frosty and your commercial, you know, commercialization of Christmas and all that. But with this movie, (laughs) Coca-Cola, you know, I like (laughs) Coca-Cola. But listen, like... Because there's the economic realities that George Bailey has to deal with and the people of uh, Bedford Falls have to deal with every day. And it's, it is it is a fascinating thing because you think with holiday classes, you think, oh, yay, hooray. And it ends on a happy note, the movie. But mm. there's still this lingering sense of Potter's still a big presence in the town. And, y- you know, it's, it's something that's going to have to get addressed sooner rather or should get addressed sooner rather than later, but probably doesn't. But you can't cover that in the span of a of a two hour and ten minute movie. You gotta just, <laughs> no. just just George Bailey getting through Christmas. That's that's what you got time for. All right. He's he's just trying his best. It's he's hard. just trying. He's trying. He, he's, he's just trying. Um, trying his best. Um, I think that's a good point though. Too, it's just because I think so many people are just afraid to talk about things in general, especially like you're saying, especially during Christmas time. And it just, I think. People people want everything to be like fuzzy and and candy and glitter sometimes you know and, and if during this time of year like it's always funny to me like whenever I watch a Christmas movie how no one addresses like the stress of like going out to buy gifts or going out to do anything holiday related or even like people like me who work at customer service how stressful that is like having to do that every single Christmas like I don't have Christmas Day off I haven't had Christmas Day off. Um, since 2013, since mm-hmm. I started working basically right. in this type of job. And so like, it's, and I think doing that's too sort of warped my perspective of, of the holiday season in a, in a certain way. Um, I do get, I do feel lucky enough that I can celebrate it when I'm able to, but like at the same time, it's just so much of the attention for so many years was put on my job or having to do this or cater to these people or these people. And I think this movie is a nice reflection of that just as a personal relation of just the stress, not even just of holiday, but life itself, but also of the holidays and that there's just so much that goes on that we, we don't like to think about because we're too busy thinking about the presents or we're too busy thinking about the Christmas lights or twinkly things or little things. And it's like, it's, I think it's a little unhealthy not to, yeah. but I get I get the impulse not to want to talk about stuff, but it's it's necessary. So I, I appreciate movies like this for being like that a little bit. Yeah, it's um like like I said, I don't think it shies away from a lot of that like a lot of that stuff because I also feel like people think if you work hard and you keep working hard, and you're a good person, things will work out, and that's not always the case in the world of It's a Wonderful Life because if you didn't have somebody no. like George Bailey sticking up for the building and loan company. You'd have like Bedford Falls would become Pottersville, and things would become like a, a capitalistic nightmare mess. Um, you know, so it's it's it yeah, it's not it's not enough to just like. That's not to say you shouldn't work hard. That's not to say you shouldn't um, be good to your community, to your people, to yourself. But also, just there's just so many other factors that come into play that people choose to ignore. Yeah. And there's also, and this also brings it in mind too, because these are things that the movie does not bring up. Like, in addition to like these economic realities with race and just your your your, yeah. your state in in society and all that stuff. And that that's again, we're not like a political show or anything like that. But I just think sometimes it's, the movies we talk about 
though, bring out stuff they, like that. They, and they bring... Just... Yeah, and they bring out that stuff, and this is one of those movies, like, I think you said, like, this is one of the better-aged, like, old movies. And I, I think about somebody like you who, you, you, I think you're open to watching older movies, but you have, I don't want to, I think you have a healthy skepticism, I, I would I would almost yeah. call it, about um, watching things that have been deemed, like, classics and put up on a pedestal. Yeah, I don't, I don't, like, I think when I hear that, that term like classics or things that are like sort of de- like my immediate reaction is like okay what is it that makes this a classic like what is it that people look at this and go hmm this is amazing because i feel like i guess there's this like knee-jerk reaction on my end i feel like where the moment like someone's like oh this is like this movie is like i hear like eight or nine people say this movie is a classic and i sit and watch it and i'm like eh, it's okay yep <laughs> and or like, or like the like a weird perception that you know because something is well known or or has renown or whatever that it's immediately a classic or people consider to love it. And I'm like, like like Gone with the Wind, you know, mm-hmm. you hear so many people like this is amazing, this is a classic, yada yada yada. And then I haven't seen it, so I will I will I I can't speak to whether or not I like the movie, but there's so much about it that I hear that I'm like I don't think I really want to watch that. <laughs> but at the same time, too, what's funny about that? Not to keep going on this, sorry. No, yeah, but, no, um, keep going. Um, I think that mentality is becoming more and more common mm. because like, like, like with like Willy Wonka, like when we were talking about Willy Wonka, like that movie for, for years, for generations is what's considered. A, and even now it's still considered a classic, yeah. but so many people, maybe of our generation, probably more particularly look at that and go, is it though? What I about mean, grandpa I- Joe? What I about mean, listen, this? You like know? anything, especially anything that you watched a zillion times as a kid on VHS, like some of it might hold up for you. Yeah, no, right? yeah, yeah. And but but sometimes you have to look at a thing and you go, "Wait, I like this at this point." And that, and listen, that doesn't mean anything's wrong with you or anything's wrong. With, no, it's just th- some things just don't age well, and time does just does funny things to different things that you watch, you know. Yeah. And also just knowing more. As a person, you know, um, I, I feel also like, just, like experiencing yeah. more and, and, and yeah, like, like bothering to like steep into like a different sort of mindset, maybe, you know, just help. <laughs> like, I think, yeah. okay. So like in the scene where George Bailey goes into a world that's, that, that has no George Bailey, right. And everything's falling apart and everything like up to this point makes sense. And it's like, okay, I could see that being a thing, but then the worst possible thing of all, Richard, are you ready for this? Mary, tell me. And you, th- this is this is really bad. No. She's a li- She's Hell she's yeah. the li- She's the librarian. That is a fate <sighs> worse than death. And it's and you watch that and you go, really, really? <laughs> she's still employed. <laughs> <laughs> she works with children and books. No. She's not no. married. No. <laughs> no. She, she needs a man. She needs that financial support only a male can give her. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. But no, um, it's but yeah. I think that's well, the funny part about that is that I think when it comes to movies like this, whenever I do watch an older movie like that and there's there is something that really still holds up like a message or or the acting or whatever, I think that's the ones that I latch on to the most. Like, mm-hmm. even if it's something that, because we've talked about this before, like, even if it's something that is, 
like with War of the Worlds, like the sort of the way that it ends, you know, and it's obviously it's of the time. So it's like, you know, that's just that was just the mentality of that that time period and the way that they were going about that. And that's fine. But at the same time, like, I can't help but just look at it and go, I still don't really care. (laughs) So like, like, so like if it's something that is older, that still holds up or still rings true or makes me feel something, which this movie very much did, then it really, I think is good or like it really holds something for me. So I I actually, I I remember at the end of it all, I really got into it. Like when all the people came at the end of the movie and or like given George Bailey stuff, I was really like, yeah, you really feel it. It's such a lovely moment. I just love when the ba- like when they rip up the arrest, the warrant, like, <laughs> like you're good, you're good, it, it, you're good uh, people, Mister Bailey. It, it it's definitely one of those things where it still gets to me every time I see it, um, and it helps that I only watch it like once a year. But it's um, mm-hmm. you know, and something. Could you imagine like, try- watching this like, like. Like a bin, like a week long binge of just this movie. I don't know if I could. <laughs> no, I, I, I <laughs> no, would just get. No, no. I would get. I would get too angry, and I'd post some things on Twitter that I would re- immediately regret posting, and people would be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> no, like I like I would post things on Twitter. I wouldn't regret it, but I would. I would. I would get a lot of crap for it. Probably. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like um, I mean, what I say. Don't at me. <laughs> Um, it, it, this should be said, uh, Jimmy Stewart is a great actor. Um, mm-hmm. we, uh, f- like, a- and this is, this and Vertigo, I would say, are probably his two most famous performances, but they're both performances where he's not, like, he, in this especially, he's a good guy, but, like, he has moments yeah. where he is, it, it's just, like, he, there's intensity there, and there's, like, a, like a, like a bitterness, or, like, a, a like, a, like, some sort, form of, um, of cynicism, which, we are going to talk about Vertigo next year, folks. I will. I'll say that up front as well. Um, is it is it paired with something else we mentioned? Maybe you'll have to figure that out for yourself. Oh, I already uh, know. Oh no, you're talking to the people. Sorry, I'm talking to the people. It's okay, the, the people, <laughs> the, the audience, the person. <laughs> um, but I, I think about like yeah, he, he's so good at these these moments like. I think about whenever he cl- goes up the stairs and he picks up the piece of the, like the, the, the knob on the top of the steps mm-hmm. and it's always off. And he's like, so bitter about it that one time. And then at the end of the movie, he's like kissing it. And he's just so happy. It's like the knob is back. Oh, oh this crappy knob. Oh, oh man. Or, or, or just doing this hand gesture. Timothy Chalamet. Oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think the whole cat, the cast on the whole, is very good, and then the people, the people who play like the the, like the the not the members of the family, but like the extended community. I think they're all very good. Um, mm-hmm. Like they're like all them. they're all me- they're all members. Hee-haw. Hee-haw. <laughs> Hee-haw. The the moon. <laughs> oh, you want you want the moon? Say the word. I'll throw a lasso around it. Pull it down. Which I'll which. Obviously, the first place I saw that was sadly Bruce Almighty. So, <laughs> um, uh, Hen- let's also mention Henry Travers as as uh, Clarence. This is his long-awaited return to two dudes because he was in our second episode. He was he was the dad in the Invisible Man. Welcome back, welcome back. Um, and this is Correct. definitely what an upgrade too. What an upgrade! But this <laughs> from is a definitely... dad to an angel. 
from Dad to an Angel, and this is definitely his most beloved performance. Obviously, people mm-hmm. still watch this movie today, and he's he's a great actor. I mean, I mean, he's been in a bunch of things, you know. I mean, I knew what Clarence the Angel was before, and like the whole like you know every time you know a bell rings, an angel got like I knew about that before anything yeah. I ever learned with It's a Wonderful Life. Um, I, I also want to mention Lionel Barrymore, like because he is so he is so good in this movie and this is a part where it would be so especially in an old movie like this it'd be so easy to mm-hmm. just to just be hammy and just make this guy like a complete caricature <clears throat> but especially like i said especially after the last eight eight or so after the last couple decades in america this just this just feels like a real person that's the scary part <laughs> Pot- henry potter is a real person guys <laughs> I feel uh, like, because it, it, what's funny, like, is the first thing I thought of watching him was um, Dick Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. And, but the, the, the difference being is that Dick Van Dyke very much was, like, silly as the as the bank dude from Mary Poppins. Yes. And so, but then going into this, like, this, this was a totally different beast. And you're like, I hate this guy. Yeah, I hate everything he's... about him. I hate his face. I hate his, his thinning hair. I hate that his head looks like like uh like a pill, like a pill capsule. <laughs> he looks like a Batman villain. <laughs> he looks like egg the like he looks like this is what they based Egghead off of. Like if there was a real if like if there was a real Egghead and then Vincent Price played him in a movie, basically. <laughs> um but listen, like so so just to wrap up our thoughts cuz we've been talking about this for a while, but I think the cast is all is all very good. Frank Capra, you know. Oh, and that was the other thing I wanted to mention too. Because Guillermo, did you watch that clip I sent you of Del Toro talking about this movie? I did not. I'm sorry. That's fine. <laughs> you should watch it at some point though, because um, uh, there's a documentary. Uh, five, I think it's called Five Came Back. It's about like a bunch of directors um, and people who who fought in World War II and they worked in Hollywood. Um, and Frank Capra being one of those people, and same thing with Jimmy Stewart. Um, and this was like their first movie, like at least for Frank Capra's first movie back. And it sort of has a lot mm-hmm. to say about, about like soldiers coming back from the war and feeling like, well, what am I doing? What's, yeah. I feel like I'm not appreciated. And I feel like there's a lot of things that are just a complete waste. You know, what was all, what was all this for? Like, and you think about the, that character of George Bailey, he goes through all these things. He saves his brother. He keeps the building alone. He sacrifices his college, um, college education. He sacri- you know, he sacrifices his, his honeymoon. He sacrifices having like a really wealthy life for the community, you know? And then like he, to him on a daily basis, he doesn't think people appreciate it. But then at the end, obviously we find out they do. This, and that's just a nice moment again. Just it is a again. nice, yeah. It's so nice. And while we while we uh, dry our tears, we're gonna take a intermission. I don't think you have anything else to say about this movie. I th- I've said my piece. Uh, you said your George, piece. Bailey. George, George Bailey. George Bailey. Good, good, uh, good on you. Good on you, George. And, and my dog uh, is also in agreement. Yeah. <laughs> Do- doc agrees. Uh, when when we come back, we're gonna talk about a more unconventional holiday classic. Stay tuned.
and we're back. <laughs> Guys, you, you should have been... We came off of the most somber two dudes half ever. And you were like, let's freaking go. Like, right before. And he goes... And we're back. It's like it's like the the, the genie. Phenomenal cosmic power. <laughs> that was the whole plan too. <laughs> Just like really like like amp it up like, yeah, let's get into this. And then finally record. And we're back. Well, for this half, we're gonna talk about a holiday classic, Die Hard. Yippee ki yay, motherfucker! Oh my god, you just swear? I'm so upset. Jesus fucking Christ, this guy over here keeps saying bad words. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, welcome back. Two dudes, one double feature. Uh, How you doing? Are you you okay? (laughs) I'm just giggling now. That was funny. It sounded like a a grunt for a second. Like you pulled your back. You pulled your back. (laughs) After pulling that nonsense, uh, oh, it was worth it. You know what? It was worth it. <laughs> it. It is what it is, I guess. All right. Well, Fun time. yeah. Welcome back. Die Hard. Okay. <laughs> this is our second film. Our first one is very much a holiday classic. You'll find few people to argue that It's a Wonderful Life is not a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. This one is a little more controversial, but for our purposes, it's a Christmas movie. And that's the that's that's that. <laughs> here's the thing, right? Here's here's the thing about that because mm-hmm. I feel like there was such a push for so many people to make put this in Christmas movie status that it's surprising when you tell me that there are people that that compete against that. It's not so. It's it's I I believe it's possible, but at the same time, it's hard and shocking to hear that there are people out there that's like. Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Stop it. Like, who are these people? This is I, I want to meet one person, and, and I want them to explain to me why. They're the people who want you to keep renting Home Alone. Those are the kinds of people. They don't want you renting an R-rated Christmas movie. They want you renting the family stuff. Listen, you can have your Home Alone and your Die Hard. My sister loves Home Alone. She also loves Die Hard. It's possible to love both people. But also, but also, because I, I think there is like a somewhat like ironic sting where people say, "Hey, I bet you didn't know this, but uh, <laughs> Die Hard's a Christmas movie." And they're like, "No, no, you're lying. It's not." But, but listen, is it to me? Die Hard's a Christmas movie in in the way that I consider Zorro a superhero. I guess if that makes sense. Listen, I, I I'm the guy over here that's like Batman Returns is my favorite Christmas movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't speak if I, like, I have no qualms with it. I, I agree that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. So, I, I almost love, like, it almost felt like it was a thing, like, Die Hard started a thing that, like, these movies that maybe aren't, like, intentionally about Christmas, but are set during Christmas, are considered Christmas movies, and I kind of love that. Like, Shane, like Shane Black, Black movies. movies. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, like, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, The Nice Guys not christmas movies set during christmas wait is nice guys set during christmas i thought it was i don't remember kiss kiss bang bang is yes for I, sure I know set that during christmas. yes and it was that's probably why the predator wasn't very good sorry shane black but it wasn't because it was set during halloween like what are you doing 
Are you are you finding uh, this out? Are you? I'm just re- looking. Yeah, nice, nice guy, nice guy. It's funny because there's this list of twelve Christmas movies that are not Christmas movies, and three movies in a row are Shane Black movies. The other one being Iron Man three. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Iron Man three is also a Christmas movie. This is the first time the MCU has done Christmassy things, and now we have Hawkeye. Now we have Hawkeye. Um, and then, uh, but I love I love movies that are considered Christmas movies or movie like holiday movies without like being directly about the holiday, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or maybe, maybe even it is about it, but it's not like, like a movie about family kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, like I look at like Batman returns. Like we talked about that whole episode, obviously, but like, it sort of like feels like it takes some of the traditional things you find in Christmas movies, like movies about like children and family and stuff. And then switches it. And it's like, I hate my family. I'm the penguin. And I'm gonna kill the kids. I'm the penguin. <laughs> it's, but it's like it's just like a weird anti-Christmas Christmas movie. I don't know. But, right. But like with Die Hard, like it's it's set during Christmas. It ends on a Christmas song. It ends on a Christmas song. It's at a Christmas party. And listen, like this is a movie about family. It's a movie about family. It's a movie about a man. Yes. Okay. Who's going going to California? You know, for, for a New York man. Okay. Yeah, New York. This guy's a New York, New cop York, and a New York cop, John McClane. John McClane, as portrayed by Bruce Willis. Um, yeah, and he's you know visiting his wife, um, wife and kids. First, his wife though, because she is at the uh, Nakatomi Plaza for their Christmas party. You know, and she's been a big part of their company. She took a big opportunity out west. She's a very successful career gal. Good for her. Awesome. Yes. Um, and he's sort of like he's happy for her, but he's also conflicted because he wanted to have the keep the family together, so to speak. He's very much a macho guy, you know. He's very much a dude. Okay, yes. he's very much a guy, you know, like a mean? classic dude, like a classic example of a dude. Yeah, classic guy who wants a nuclear nuclear family type of thing, you know. That's John McClane, right? Yeah. Um, but he's trying to make up make up for. It. He brings a giant teddy bear. <laughs> he brings a giant teddy bear um he dresses and i imagine in his eyes as nice as he could he's got his button down he's got his, his nice coat i'm sure um it's like i feel like the clothes almost perfectly represent like the new yorkness of him a little bit mm-hmm. like because like yeah. that's not to say this about every new yorker but there's like the sort of like sense of apathy and like you know eh, it's all good kind of kind of feel with like a new yorker it's like eh. yeah yeah, it's, it's fine. Because like, he's probably been to a bunch of Christmas parties just looking like that. Like, that's like... And it's been fine. He looks like a, it's like a million bucks right there. That's fine. Yeah, it's like, listen, no. listen, that's $100,000. Maybe. Or 10000 I don't know. I don't care. I look nice. I got buttons. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes ever, and I quote this Allison all the time, um, is, is where the guy, like, kisses John McClane and, like, hugs him. And he goes, Jesus, fucking Jeez. California. <laughs> 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 Which feels very eighties, <laughs> very eighties. Yes, very eighties. Well, there's a lot about this. It's very eighties. Let's, but let's get like so. Basically, long story short, he's a New York cop, goes to this party. But guess what? On the same at the same party, we have these terrorists who are who are these 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 thieves. I should really say, really like thieves. Okay, because they're not. They even say like we're not terrorists. It's easy to say terrorists because a lot of the die a lot of these diehard. A lot of diehard knockoffs probably just use terrorists, but these yeah. guys are thieves, okay? And they're after the, the after all these funds at Nakatomi, all these bonds and things, 
and John McClane, nobody is going to this building until, like, they make enough of a ruckus at Nakatomi Plaza, right? John McClane is is the one thing that's the, the screw, the loose screw that's going to collapse Hans Gruber's plans, so yes. to speak. And he doesn't even have shoes. He can't even get a pair of shoes that fits him. He doesn't have shoes. He do, like he he doesn't even have a shirt. He's just wearing his wife beater. Like and it's and it's not like he's like this is also mind you like this is during a time in action movies when they were sort of shifting away from like the beefy uh, like S- Stallone Schwarzenegger era of action movies like the like the Terminators or the or the Rambo class of action heroes like like Bruce Willis like was like he like obviously he's well put together but he's more like lean i guess he's lean but also because he's a cop believable he's believable it's believable that he could maybe get out of this situation but at the same time the stakes it it, it, the stakes are still high enough to where you are still very much concerned for this man's safety at every turn because these these criminals are professionals um hans gruber of course is played by alan rickman i didn't get to say that before we need we need to have a moment because I mean, Alan Rickman passed away a while ago, but Alan Rickman is freaking legend mm-hmm. and should deserve his legend status. He's his, is this the second time we've talked about him on the show? Because he was in Sweeney Todd. And what, did we talk about anything else of his? I feel like this is the only other time. It's a shame. We need more Alan Rickman on the show. Like the only other thing, the only big thing he's probably done is the Harry Potter movies. And sorry, folks, we're probably not going to be talking about that anytime soon. Well, let's get Alex Wykey on a Galaxy Quest episode in the future. We do, we do need a Galaxy Quest episode, pronto. This is for sure. But Alan Rickman's amazing in this, obviously, yeah. as Hans Gruber. Yeah, he's he's pretty great. And you know what? Also, like this goes in this idea of like because in It's a Wonderful Life, I said all like the side characters are memorable. You know, you might not remember all their names, but you remember their faces. You remember their personalities. Mm-hmm. In this movie, all of the terrorists are memorable. All the thieves, I should thieves, say. I keep thieves. saying terrorists, thieves. Thank it's, you. It, it, listen, it's funny because it's like that's how it is in the movie a little bit. Like, 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 yep. like everyone in the movie keeps calling them terrorists. We're like, we're not terrorists. They're not terrorists. I'm just sticking to characters. By the way, I'm just sticking to the theme of this. That's all. <laughs> the, <good>. criminals. <laughs> the criminals. Criminals. <laughs> the criminals. Very open, like all-encompassing word. Criminals. <laughs> um they're all memorable though like mm. i think i think about the dot the dude who's cr- who's cracking the safes <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because like the first place like i i see a lot of i've seen a lot of like parody versions of that character like the nerdy like sort of like i'm gonna crack the safe for you kind of characters and like sometimes the character will be somewhat dweebish and like sort of meek sometimes they'll be very outgoing they actually um there's this um workaholics guys uh, that uh, mail order comedy, I think, is that what they're called. But um, uh, they did a movie on Netflix not that long ago that's basically a, a riff of Die Hard, and they had a character in that movie that was sort of a play on that character from Die Hard. So it was interesting to see that. Um, and, I, and I'd seen that before I'd seen Die Hard, which is funny. So it was just kind of funny, like how I've again similar to It's a Wonderful Life, seeing other versions of this one character show up in my in my viewing cycle until i finally got to where the source is and so that's always an interesting way to view things honestly um his uh it's clarence uh, gillard as theo uh is, theo, is yeah. the um 
Um, yeah. You know, and and I'm also thinking about too, like other people you see everywhere. Al Al uh, Al Leung is in this movie. He's got the big like the mustache. Mm-hmm. He's listen. I've t- when we were watching it, I was like, he's like the go-to stuntman in so many movies of that like time yeah. period. Like he's been in so many things. So tip of the hat to him, honestly, dude. I, I saw a meme recently too, where it's like, if you see this guy, you know shit's about to go down. Yeah, yes, I saw that too. So, uh, major shout out to him. We don't really talk too much about stunt act, stunt men or stunt mm-hmm. women and actors and all that, but major shout out to uh, Al Leung. Um, but there's so many. I think that's the other thing with this movie. I like, like with a great movie, I come to it time and time again because of the characters. I want to mm-hmm. revisit these characters again. I think about Casablanca. For me, Casablanca is like the ultimate pinnacle example of that where i want to visit rick i want to visit sam the piano player i want to visit us you know sydney greenstreet peter laurie claude Mm -hmm. rains all these all those people and this movie it's like you want to see um you know you want to see john mcclain you want to see all the um the thieves argyle see you got argyle i love argyle man argyle's great (laughs) argyle um you know you, you want to see? Uh, I, I, this is not his character name. Oh, oh Carl Winslow. <laughs> yes, Reginald Vell Johnson, the the OG um, Carl Winslow from Family Matters. Which I, he, again, it's funny because like he's played cops a lot, and this is I feel like this might have been like the start of it because then he went and was in Family Matters. He was a cop there, um, but no, he's he's such a good character, and he has one questionable character moment in the whole movie and it sort of makes you feel weird especially now like watching that one scene but other than that like you love his character and i would say that's for me personally that's like the one problem i really have with it like everything else i think works for me from a dramatic standpoint from a screenplay thematic like there's there's another like little thing too that's like a little weird at mm-hmm. the very end, but it's like, again, you have to understand, this is the 80s, okay? <laughs> and 80s movies are very much influenced by, like, the Reagan era. Like, just look at Ghostbusters. <laughs> like, Ghostbusters <laughs> is, is like... <laughs> Like, oh, we don't, we don't need, we don't need government supervision. We don't, we don't need like government agencies, uh, busting in, busting in on the Ghostbusters. Uh, 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 Also starring the same like redhead dude. That was the, the news anchor in this movie. Yes. Oh my God. The dialogue in this movie too is so good. And I think that they perfectly portray like John McClane's like stress and annoyance with everything. Like when they're calling, when he's calling the police, like dispatcher or whatever, and they're like, it's just yeah, like, sir, this line is reserved for emergencies only. No fucking shit, lady. This is how like I'm ordering a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time I heard that, I had to listen to it like three times. <laughs> I was like, it's that's so, so that's such a great delivery. Yeah, no but- pun intended. But no. <laughs> such a, such a great line. Oh my god! Or um, or oops, <laughs> that's great. Um, no bullets. You think I'm stupid, Hans? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> and, and it's one of my favorite like hero villain dynamics. Um, oh yeah, is 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 McLean and Hans Gruber because they... you have the 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 German villain and then the American the American hero. It's like it's not even that. It's just like it's like the sort of aristocratic, like well put together, like like business suit sort of guy, and it's like casual, just like you know. It really, it does really, like, again, it, it's an 80s thing. The sort of, like, European vibe versus the American vibe kind of thing. And you're just like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I was thinking about, too, uh, the, okay, this is the, um, uh, Harry Ellis. He's, like, the sleazy, like, Coke, uh, probably Coke Oh, that guy. Uh, executive. Where he goes, uh, Hans. Bowie. Hans. Or, uh, come on. Or like Hans, this is this is radio, not TV. Put the gun away. <laughs> I hate that guy. From the moment you meet him, too, it's like I hate him. I hate him. But you know what else I, I like too is that I don't feel like yeah. I, I don't feel bad. He gets killed. I don't. You, but you know what? It shows that Bruce Willis does have acting ability because you do believe that he feels bad that this terrible like asshole <laughs> is getting killed. He's like, I don't know this guy, Harry. Ha! He's going to. Harry- Ellis, hang up! To kill you. <laughs> hang up now! Oh my god! It, it, and like, listen, it, it, it's and that's the other thing too is that this is a this is a real human being, it, like because mm-hmm. I feel like t- today, I think one of my things with action stars or even back then too, like they're just they're practically like maybe semi-human robots who can mm-hmm. do anything. Their emotions are probably very restrained or limited. Like that's what I like about John McClane. He shouts, he curses, he gets glass stuck in his feet. You know, his shirt goes from white to like practically green by the it end. Does. By, it does. Like, <laughs> like, like, like. There's literally a running joke as we were watching that it. it was like, like when he uh, uh, when he gets the shirt off and he's down to the white beard. I'm like Joey, remember when he had a shirt? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Joey, remember when his shirt was white? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, but so so many great so many great like I, di- um you know bits of dialogue um in the movie where he's just uh, also just like really great like references um that that also drive home like the theme. Mm-hmm. It's like you're not gonna be like John Wayne taking Grace Kelly off into the sunset. It's Gary Cooper, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> or, or just or just like he's just like. You know, I've always been partial to Roy Rogers, actually. I always like those sequin shirts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So many great moments. Like the, it's 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 one of those movies that just has so many like quotable, like iconic moments. You know, like obviously Yippie Kaye, motherfucker. Which is like the catchphrase. It's the catchphrase, but it's so like no, it's so it's not like a dramatic you know. No. <laughs> it's very it's very like he's just it's he's not it's not even like a center shot it's like him off like off to the side like backing through a door just going yippee ki yay motherfucker i also want to give a shout out to paul gleason uh as Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm getting the hiccups that was just funny Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's no just... hiccups why now Guys, hiccups are a serious issue. Um, I don't know what else to say about that. Sorry, Richard. Let me just double check something on this. Oh, but you know what's also crazy too? That it this almost wasn't Bruce Willis in this movie, and 
I remember you telling me about that. Well, because there's also a number of things. One, there was like a controversy with how much he was paid to do the movie because he was mostly known for like TV commercials mm-hmm. at this point. He was paid $5 million to do this. How old was he? Uh, he let me find that out, actually. Well, he, he did like TV work. Sorry, I shouldn't just say commercials. Excuse me. Well, he was born 1955. This movie was 80, um, 88, right? Um, so he was like th- in his like early like early thirties when he did this, but he was also the kind Frank of guy. Who d- no, oh, you mean? I'm sorry, you meant? Yeah, Bruce. How old? I meant Bruce. How old was no, Frank? How old was Frank um, Sinatra? Yeah, because that we didn't, I don't even think we mentioned it yet. Like Frank Sinatra did a movie called The Detective. Okay, and because this this movie is based on a book. Um, mm-hmm. and like, it was sort of like a sequel, I guess. And like the, 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 this was like a follow-up to something. And it was a movie called the detective, which had Frank Sinatra. And apparently he had, um, like, I guess, I guess he or somebody had the sequel rights where like Frank Sinatra had to play that John McClane lead character or something, or something to that effect. Um, and just to answer your mm-hmm. question, Frank Sinatra. Okay. He was in his seventies. He was in his seventies when um, when Die Hard came out, so they were expecting like him to be like John McClane to initially be old, maybe not that old because they probably would have had it released sooner. But like they like he would have been significantly older, a significantly older character, and it would have been um, it would have been kind of ridiculous to see uh, you know Frank Sinatra running around in Nakatomi Plaza. It would have been a very different movie like it, it it just it's sort of it's sort of weird to think like 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 for anyone that's seen die hard picture like a close like 60 70 year old um frank sinatra doing all the stuff that john mcclain does yeah like yeah it's, no it's it's weird it's like that's what they do with like move action movies now in some case they get like a legacy actor to play like all these things and you know, like the Expendables movies are like that. It's like watching yeah. a bunch of like, like reunion, like senior citizens. <laughs> Not to sound mean, but uh, yeah. Or um, I think about Bruce Willis in the Death Wish remake, or Bruce Willis in anything lately. Bruce Willis in anything lately. Like yeah. it's kind of weird how that happens. <laughs> like, oh man, we're already, <laughs> we're already at that point. It's Bruce Willis these days, where he goes to a grocery store and refuses to wear his mask, and they kick him out. Yeah. Um, with um, trying to think, with one of the other like weird things in this movie is we talked about the the Reginald Val Johnson like thing, the thing that happens with his character, mm-hmm. with um, you know John McClane's um, with uh, you know with John McClane's wife, um, you know, uh, Holly, she like she gets a watch from the company and it's sort of like the symbol of like she's achieved this at this point. And mm. it's kind of a weird thing where, like, because, like, um, Hans Gruber is at a point where he's holding on to Holly's arm or hand, and she takes off the watch, so he falls off. So it's kind of like a weird symbolic, like, she's sacrificing her career to, to be with the family. Like, the family. So you can kind of look at that and go, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> but even, but, but even, even with that, even with that. This movie's just a fun time. Like it, it's and and the thing is like it's so it's so contained in just the building, so just contained. Like you know, and now it's like a cliche to do like like Die Hard on a plane, 
Die Hard on a Bus. Die Hard uh, yeah. in a like, uh, any movie, I don't know. <laughs> like any movie set in one location that's like the entire runtime and there's like st- stuff going on. It's like it's considered the Die Hard formula of filmmaking. Like I, I remember when you mentioned. Sorry. Uh, I was going to say, like, I remember when I saw Dread in theaters, and anytime anyone explained it to me, it's like, oh, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like Die Hard. It takes place in, in one building. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we haven't even mentioned, I don't think we've really mentioned John McTiernan yet at all. Nope. Directed, directed a bunch of, um, Predator. A bunch of movies. Predator, you know, uh, Die Hard. <laughs> Hunt Die- for Red October. <laughs> Like he was, he was one of those guys that sort of, I like. There's actually a great video that Patrick Willems did on John McTiernan, specifically with Predator, and how it's like such a great movie. I like. We'll have to get that one on the show at some point too. But I think this and Predator are sort of like. I was telling you this. It's, it feels like this is John McTiernan saying, "Okay, this is how we're going to move forward the action genre of filmmaking." Because when you when you Go from, like, this sort of beefy, muscle-bound, like, Adonis era of action stars where, like, you shoot them and it and it seems like it just bounces off because they're impervious or whatever. Um, when you go from that era um, to what John McTiernan thought made more sense, you know, you look at Predator as sort of his response to that. You know, you have this movie yeah. full of all these action, including Arnold Schwarzenegger himself, like, arguably the most iconic action star of that era, um, and along with so many different people and like, like wrestlers and, and other bit, Carl Weathers, um, you know, even Jesse that, Ventura. like Jesse Ventura, like that iconic shot of Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger with the, st- with the stogies and you just see their mm. huge biceps. It sort of like cements this idea. Like this is okay. So this is the, the, what the, that classic sort of action movie looks like. Then you introduce the Predator, and he comes in, and he tries to kill all of them. So now it's a slasher movie, and the victims are these guys, and they're losing. They're losing horribly. Right. Literally everybody but, spoiler alert, everybody but Schwarzenegger dies. Um, yeah. And so I feel like that's sort of John McTiernan going, okay, this is my feelings on that action movie. Now, with Die Hard, this is what I think should be the next step. We get a regular guy, more or less. I mean, it's still. I think with the performance Bruce Willis gives, he can he makes it seem like it's larger than life, which is good. But like, there's so many facets about as we've talked about that he's just a regular dude, mm-hmm. and I, I I I I you love to see it. Honestly, you love to like it's. It feels like a nice progression of the action genre. It's kind of like how John Wick these days is sort of like the next step in a way, and how mm-hmm. like you know, the way that they frame action scenes or the way that they shoot action scenes. Like, so many people, like, do sort of the John Wick style of action. Um, or even um, going back to Keanu Reeves again, like, with The Matrix. Like, like the 2000s and, like, Blade. Like, those movies, like, really incorporated, like, the like the Kung Fu style movie to try and incorporate that kind of fighting into a lot of movies. You know, I could go on and on and on. Like, you know, Born Identity with, like, the sort of quick cut thing that became popular for a hot second. Um, that like, like, I think Die Hard is sort of John McTiernan's way of saying, okay, this is the next natural progression of the next evolution of the action movie and the action movie hero. And it's, it's definitely, um, 
you know, whether or not like you think it's a Christmas movie, it's like whatever. At this point, it's like it's it's still also like a classic. It's a it's a great movie regardless how you spin it. Yeah, and it's it's definitely the type of movie that you should be like this is like you should be like teaching like certain movies. I feel like this is one of those movies, especially for a movie that's not quite uh, forty years old. It's definitely mm-hmm. something you should be looking at. You know, and I think it holds up remarkably well. We talked about a handful of things that still kind of feel like creaky or whatever. Um, Dwayne there. Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I like, also uh, shout out yeah. to um, Paul Gleason. Is that his name? Yeah, Paul Gleason because. He was also a legend. Yeah, he's he's yes. sort of great at playing that sort of like annoyed authority character that no one respected. Like obviously he's the principal, the vice principal, or whatever in Breakfast Club. None mm-hmm. of the kids respected him. <laughs> they respected yeah. Carl the janitor much more. Yeah, like uh, Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> Johnson and no Johnson, freaking this those those characters, man. Just the the FBI agents. Like, that just turned out to be huge assholes. <laughs> this is like, it's like, uh, man, I was in junior high. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's, yeah, there's there's some just great, um, great moments. But both of these movies, listen, you know, they're not, you're, like, we talked about, like, last the last time we did Christmas movies, we talked about those Santa Claus films. You know, stories about the spirit of Christmas or, like, about, um you know, directly Santa Claus or the process of gift giving or the, the Christmas Christmas time as an event. These, I think, frame it a little differently, particularly with um, It's a Wonderful Life is much more about kind of like when you when you get to the Christmas season, you kind of look back on your year. And yeah. You think about the it's things that of, you've it's done. It's a reflection, yeah. It's a bit of a reflection, whereas this Die Hard, it takes place during Christmas and it's not exactly about gift giving, but it's also about preserving your family. You know, and you know what? Trying to... And you know what? Recommends. Yeah. Even even at the end of the day, both of these movies are gifts. Yes. The gifts you get on Christmas, like the like with with It's a Wonderful Life, it's it's sort of the gift of a life lesson that I think is needed. Even if it feels maybe like you're being lectured to or pandered, it's like no, you need to know this. Life is hard, yes, but it's wonderful. And it should be should be preserved. And you know, I think there's so many people that you know, deal with like suicidal thoughts or deal with, you know, mundane things that shouldn't like, it's, that's the hard part. This shouldn't be what ends you. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like the, the tragedy of like tripping on a rock and then falling on your face and dying that way. It's like, it's like, don't let this be what gets to you that much especially because there's so many people that you've affected in their lives positively, but also so many people that love you and want you to be like anybody. Listen, anybody that's listening right now, that's dealing with any of this stuff, you are loved by someone. People care about you. You've probably affected so many people in your life positively. And I know what you're going through is rough, but you have people, you can talk to them. They'll want to talk to you. It's super important. I think that should be hundred percent addressed as well. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And then, like, to go on to Die Hard after that, um, <laughs> such a terrible transition. I apologize, but um, with Die Hard, like, it's like it, it's just this gift of entertainment and excitement, and you know, it's it stands out 
from every other Christmas movie in the best ways because, you know, while maybe it's not technically a Christmas movie, whatever, it's so different and so much more fun than, like, every other Christmas thing that just... Like, while that's not to not to downplay Christmas movies that are, like, so upbeat and bubbly and cheerful because some of them are funny, great, timeless classics, but at the same time, it's it's tiresome to, like, have to... Like, the fact that they play a Christmas story 24 hours on, like, one channel, like, listen, I'm trying to, if you love that movie, sometimes, that's great. Sometimes oh, go ahead. two channels. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. two channels. <laughs> like, I get it. I get it. And so, like, I respect when, like, like IFC or, you know, one of these other, like, sort of basic cable channels is like, you know what? While you're doing your Christmas story thing, we're playing Die Hard 24 hours a day on Christmas <laughs> Day. That's what we're doing. And I respect that. I respect yeah. that wholeheartedly. It's it's okay to be different. I think that's another good thing. It's okay to be different. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what's also important. I think that's really the message because these are two very, I think, two very unique Christmas movies that have also that has also spawned like so many other movies like how many TV shows and how many movies have like the it's a wonderful life like oh here's life or would ha- be like without you like that's the plot of like one of the Shrek movies yeah like, <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's like both of, and like both of these movies have that that chemical makeup that like we were talking about Die Hard too just you know people being trapped in a building and having to like fend off something like the the the, the wonderful life chemical like makeup the 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 diehard comic makeup, like, to the way that, you know, all these different movies or shows are, like, easily, like, you look at their plot, you look at the way that they're told, and you're like, I know exactly where this is from. My dog also agrees. <laughs> dog also agrees. That's that's very important. So, hmm. uh, with that, I think I think we're pretty good with both these we, movies. I think, I, th- I think we're pretty good, but um, I do want to say, because this is the last episode of the year. Mm. Yes, um, okay. Uh, it's... It's another. This is the first time we've done the show from the beginning of the year to the end, which is funny to think about. Because last year it was from June on, whereas this That's time right. it's like we got to do a Valentine's Day episode. We got to do. I don't know if we ever did a New Year's. Ep- I don't think we care enough about New Year's, honestly. But, <laughs> but because we skip we skip that whole week, so it doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> no. but we know it's just sort of weird to think about this is the first time we've done this show for an entire like official year, not including last year but like an entire official year um and we've done a lot of fun uh, exciting double features we've had a lot of great guest spots allison's appeared a few times um recently we had gifford and wikey um twice uh yes. like they both appeared on the show separately and then we finally got gifford Finally got Wikey, which it should be celebrated, and we got and they did their own. We got we had a whole episode with not us at all in our in our this, second year, more or less within this, our second year. This is this is true. Um, Doctor Feehan also was a guest star. Doctor Feehan, he did our mentioned King Kong Godzilla episode. Was Ford this year as well? Because he they did uh, he did Atlantis because that was I think that was a November episode, wasn't that from last? Was that year? November? All right. Well, he you know, just mentioned Ford. mentioned Ford. He, he should Ford. he he should have been in the Gamma episode. It didn't happen. Yeah. You know, but yeah. shout out to Ford. Shout uh, out to Ford. And we and some of our some of our best episodes I think came out of this year. Speaking I agree of that, with that too. Yeah. Like I I I still tell people how much I love 
the like some of the, like the Aquaman Twenty Thousand Leagues episode. Um, my si- oh, my sister just listened to the Batman and Robin Planet of the Apes episode, which for mo- for for us talking about like quote unquote our least favorite movies and our favorite franchises quote uh, end quote. Um, that's a great episode. It's one of the best. It's, it's one, one of the best. best. Um, we got, um, we did a whole radio drama that we're still, I mean, by this point, hopefully it's done, but like we, um, yeah. we've been working on that. And so on that note, shout out to John and Kenny for everything they've done this year. Um, especially cause yes. like John's been super busy with a lot of stuff. He drew a children's book. Yeah. John drew a whole fucking children's book. I have it on my shelf right now. Um, fathers need their kids and kids need their fathers on Amazon target wherever you buy your books it's available there joey and i are drawn in it yeah we make appearances which is pretty cool <laughs> joey's an ice cream man and i'm like a swindler <laughs> i think um i i think that it depicts us uh, accurately <laughs> thank you i appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> but no it's just so cool and then um and we've after this, while I mean, while we're still in the pandemic, sadly, you know, we we finally got to hang out in person again after all this time. Yeah. We yes. Went, um, that was great. Went oh to Disney gosh. World and we spent a whole week there. We uh, I met uh, that was the first time I met Allison in person too. Yes. Yes. And I met her brother Dom. Shout out to Dom. Love you, man. Dom's Hope you're doing cool, well. Dude. Um, yeah. met Allie as well. Um, after yes. having talking to her for so long, and it was nice to finally meet her in person. Even if the Universal Day kind of sucked, she was the best part, without uh, a doubt. Yes, a- agreed. Yeah, yes. I still have I still have nightmares of how much I botched that. I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> like, why did this day exist? <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. We have we have a next time. We yes. got we we got a next time. Hopefully, sometime soon and. We'll just be. We'll just stay at Disney. <laughs> we'll just, that's fine by me, man. We'll stay at Disney, stay but... Disney, Disney, Disney property. Um, no, I mean there, there's so many great episodes. Sorry to inter- like so no, many great no, episodes. No, say something. Say something. I've said so, a lot. So many great episodes. Um, obviously noted the um, uh, 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 Planet of the Apes and Robin, uh, Congo Forever. I think was, <laughs> I, I think it was this year, and that is another great. I'm, I'm glad great I pitched episode. it. <laughs> I'm so happy you pitched it. Um, you know, our, I think our James Gunn episode was a great episode. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was last minute, but it was a lot of fun. I like what we do, like the last minute episodes. Honestly, uh, just the the Halloween doing watching the movies that we did for the Halloween episodes was really great. I think we had a really interesting selection of different movies, and I was mm-hmm. glad I got I was watching those Wes Craven. Um, titles with you scream you guys still got to get you to watch the second one (laughs) yep um the youtube channel youtube channel we've been we've been active on that one i did i watched the whole fast and furious franchise i watched the whole well i haven't seen the ninth one yet i'll watch that i I promise you i'll watch it and i might make a video about it as a follow-up um but but uh because i i went through that whole thing anyway so i might as well um, and I watched the yeah. whole Godzilla franchise. You showed off some really cool stuff that you got, and um, we uploaded uh, songs from the ra- the recent radio drama on there. You should go listen to. My favorite is yes. probably uh, Joey's friendship song. If I'm being honest, <laughs> I listen to I listen to that more than the songs that I did. I- <laughs> oh man, 
that that is a wild um a wild bit of uh of media right there is that song <laughs> that uh a good friend he and a good friend me very best friends are we says me and i could sing that whole song too Woo! <laughs> <laughs> no copyright and and was was this year was when we got the new logo yes this year yes which john i think is gonna stay our logo because that is it's too good I actually had a fr- uh, one of the, one of the my coworkers at work. Um, I was I was mentioning that I have a podcast, and he was looking it up. And the first reaction he had was, "Oh my god, that logo's awesome! Like wow, yeah. like look at that!" And I had another friend of mine, my friend Savannah, an old coworker of mine. Hope she's doing well. Hope hope your holidays are going well, Savannah. Um, if you're listening to this, um, she she had messaged me out of the blue and was like, you know, I would love a sticker of that logo, and I'd put it on my thermos. And I'm like. Uh, and then I messaged. I was like, "We need stickers." Um, and I think Ford Ford was like screen printing shirts the other day, and was saying like, yeah. "And I was like, can I get a two dude shirt?" And he's like, "I'll get you easily. I'll get you a two dude shirt." So, <laughs> so I'm like, "Yeah, yeah two dude shirt." But no, that logo is iconic, and all the different like, like even the little drawings that John did after that of like you as a monkey and me as Batman. <laughs> yes right those those are um those are a lot of fun but this was a, whole, a great year for two dudes um one double feature and uh we have a fun year planned you know uh we have it planned things might change things might change you know but we got but some exciting things we got some exciting things to talk about folks what are some of your favorite christmas movies uh or, or, con- or unconventional christmas movies that people more people should take note of Yes. Please let us know. Yes. Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We don't have a MySpace. I was thinking about MySpace. <laughs> I was. If you would have mentioned a MySpace, I would have been like, "Really? Did, did you? Um, did you make I'm, one?" I'm, I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> bring it back. I want Tom bring to be back, my friend. <laughs> uh, that's gonna wrap it up for us. Uh, check us out in the new year. Have a good night, everyone, and thank you for everything. Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys so much for everything you do. We love you both so much. Thanks to everyone who's participated on our show and helped us out with the show, all the guests we've had. Thank you to anyone who's listened to the show. We appreciate you guys so much. And stay tuned for a brand new Two Dudes, One Double Feature next year.
and we're back. Oops.